Joining me today is Sally Jackson from The Pink Pig. So, Sally, tell the listeners about yourself. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm 60 this year, so it's quite a long time to talk about. Looking fabulous as well. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> but anyway, yes, so I'm brought up down south, as you can tell from my accent. Everyone calls mm. me posh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so went to university and did uh, charter surveying which is jack of all trades, master of none, mm-hmm. which put me in good stead to be an entrepreneur, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so did surveying for a while, then met my husband, who's a farmer in Scunthorpe. So moved up here when we got married um, and continued surveying up here for a few years until I decided that I really didn't want to do surveying anymore okay. and wanted to start a business. So I started my first business, which was children's wear. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the dark ages, before the internet. So I used to have to go into the library, find fabric manufacturers, write to them or ring mm-hmm. them, get samples. It was horrendous. Thank God for the internet. Yeah. And um, and then went back to for a little while and then decided to set up a farm shop. Which we know was the pink pick. So mm. what, what was the driver for that? Why did you decide to go down that route? Can you remember? My mum and dad are mm-hmm. both entrepreneurs yep. and I think it's just in the blood. Um, my children accuse me of having ADHD. Mm-hmm. It's never been diagnosed and I'm sure it's rubbish. But it's called a butterfly brain. So yeah. you're constantly thinking of new ideas and new things to do, which is good for business ideas, not necessarily good for, for carrying it through. Mm-hmm. And my husband is probably fairly similar, so not a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's been an idea. Yeah, 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 that's going to be great. Let's yeah. go and do this without really thinking it through. Okay, so the initial challenges of setting up the Pink Pig, what, what were they? How would you Luckily, Well, it happened very slowly, I guess, because mm-hmm. we had a trestle table at the end of the drive and then we had a little shed and then we had a little um, farm shop and a restaurant, just 24 seats. So everything has happened fairly slowly, which has been good mm-hmm. although it's a bit frustrating but it is good because you're earning money to put back into the business and gradually growing it yep. the disadvantage is that you never get to pay yourself mm-hmm. having said that I was running it with three small children so actually and I tell other entrepreneurs this ones that are starting out I say your business has got to fit you yeah so if you've got a small family small children you can't devote your whole attention to a business my children call it my fourth child anyway yeah you just cannot. So you just have to, you have to pace it. So as soon as the kids left home, yeah. <laughs> suddenly everything sort of fallen into place and got yeah. good. So the popular child got all the attention needed. <laughs> the, at yeah. the popular yeah. child stayed at home. Yeah. And just, okay. yeah. and keeps on growing. Keeps and keeps on growing. On growing. And keeps on growing. Yeah. So, so the, the challenges along the way then, what would you say was the biggest challenge of, of running the business? I think it's... Um, not having the confidence to sort of know what you're doing. So having gone from surveying to then suddenly running a shop and a restaurant um, was a completely different set of skills, Mm -hmm. especially dealing with people. And people are the hardest to deal with because everybody is different. You can't treat them all the same like you can treat cheese. Mm -hmm. It's it's just dealing with people is is tricky. Um, But also it's one of the most fulfilling things. Yeah. Um, but never go into business if you don't like into a business with people if you don't like people. And I've mm. seen lots of people do it thinking, what are you doing? You yeah. don't even like people very much and you're trying to run a hospitality business. So you've got to mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got to enjoy what you do. Would you say it's changed you as a person or was it, do you think you're the same Sally Jackson that started? Or, no, I think you know? I'm the same Sally Jackson right, that started okay. just a little bit older and a little bit wiser. 
Okay. And in terms of your routine from, from the beginning, because people are always intrigued by this when you start your business and, and they see the owner and they have a perception of what, what that means and, and perhaps the glamorous side to it. How would you say your routine has changed from the trestle table to today? <laughs> <laughs> so the trestle table had a small child underneath it on a yeah. deck chair, I think. But um, yeah, and I think some people are... Um, I met two young ladies yesterday from a company called Deli Grays who were fantastic mm. in Scunthorpe. And they said, oh, you know, we, we thought you'd sort of always jumped into being what you mm-hmm. are now. And he said, well, of course not. I was, you know, the very worried entrepreneur when you first started with zero money behind mm-hmm. you. Um, so you do, you change. Um, I think you're trying to do everything. When you first start, you mm-hmm. are doing everything, yeah. absolutely everything. But I learned very early on that there are some things that you cannot do. So you'll be very glad to hear this, Mark. Yeah. But bookkeeping was one of them mm-hmm. that I'm just not... I'm not a finisher. Um, my VAT return would never be in on time. I, I'm just hopeless. So you've got to recognise there are some things that you just cannot do yourself and that you must farm them out very early on. And mm. it may not be bookkeeping. You may be fantastic at figures. It may be something else. It may be HR. Yep. It may be buying. It may mm. be anything else. But just recognise what your absolute pants at and, and get someone else to do it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, I suppose... In one sense, when you go into business, you've got to have extreme confidence in yourself because you wouldn't do it otherwise. And yet you've then got to be prepared to recognise that you don't actually know everything. It's a, a bit of a paradox or conflict yeah, there. It's a mix of sort of confidence and passion mm-hmm. because most people set up a business because they're passionate about what they do. Yeah. Probably the most successful businesses are the ones where you're not passionate about it. So yeah. you don't get dragged in and you can mm-hmm. look at it logically because one of the you know, the major things was, you know, work on, not in your business. And that's very difficult when you're starting, when you're, you know, driving things around or uh, trying to deal with people and trying to deal with family and trying to deal with everything. You you find that you're just working like mad and not actually sitting and thinking about your business. So you do have to take time out, go and have a cup of tea. I used to go down to the M&S Cafe (laughs) or Debenhams when it was open and sit there just by myself, just for three quarters of an hour, have Mm -hmm. a cup of coffee and just think about the business. Or train journeys, they were really good as well. Train journeys were good to sit and think of things. Because you just don't. Your your mind is busy, your life is busy, and you don't have time to think. Hmm. Okay, amongst all that... um in terms of running the business and growing a business, do you have a hobby that, that you partake in or, or, or like to do to, to step away from the day-to-day? <laughs> well, they do say that if you love your business, you'll never work another day in your life. So yeah. for years and years and years, the business has been my hobby and <clears throat> my life. But just recently, in the last five years or so, I've taken up art. Oh, fabulous. And then GCSE, I mean, GCSE O-level I did. Mm-hmm. Um, O-level art, only got a C, but there's a fantastic mm-hmm. teacher in Brig called John Dent. And um, I go to him at group class every once a week. And it's just a whole morning out. We yeah. rarely take days off. But it's a, a morning out where I don't have to think about anything, really. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I can just paint. And oh, it's great. great. Hopefully you'll provide one of them for the graphic for this podcast. <laughs> one, of, one of Sally Jackson's aims. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> uh, so in terms of... Um, in terms of if I was to throw you on a desert island, then would it be mm. would it be your art equipment that you would take with you then, given that you've said that um, passion? It would be a rather large fridge of dry white wine, I think, oh, right, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then maybe if I was allowed to, I yeah. probably would take my art <laughs> as well. But I would have to have my art teacher in my in my head yeah. then to tell me what I was doing rubbish and how I was doing okay. Okay. Yeah. 
On a more serious topic and, and a very relevant one um, that, that can never be promoted enough, um, in terms of mental health, uh, what, what does that phrase mean to you? How do you think employees deal with that? Uh, how do you think employees engage with their employees about it? And how do you think society is dealing with that as, a, as, a, as an issue or, or something that, that needs attention? It's very much come to the fore, hasn't it, lately? Mm -hmm. And for all the best reasons, I think, because people have been struggling, especially through COVID. Um, As a very glass half full person, I sometimes find it difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. And so I really have had to try to really get myself into other people's heads and try and understand, you know, what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen it with my, you know, with my own family, we've all had ups and downs. Um, and it's difficult because we're old school and yep. you just think, oh, you know, pull yourself together and get mm-hmm. on with it. And of course, it's not like that. And so I think that's probably one of the things that we've, I've had to develop more is to try and get more empathy towards people who are, who are struggling a bit yeah. and just to find space for them. And it, and it's not difficult in business really to find them space no. and to support. You yep. can do it without mm-hmm. it being detrimental to your business or, anything else you can do it I think we've just got to be more aware of what people are going through and it's good that people are talking about stuff yep. you know I've never talked about nothing was talked about when, when I was little mm-hmm. it just wasn't and so I think it's good that people are starting to talk about it okay that's encouraging um, in terms of um, the business world so to speak um, is there anybody that you are particularly following at this moment in time or, or a, a book in publication that you're reading that that you feel that any listener would benefit from looking into? I think there's been three books off the top of my head that I've really enjoyed. Um, E-Myth is one of them mm-hmm. um, by Michael Gerber, and he um, sets out how that every business needs systems right from the beginning. And it mm-hmm. could be a system to make coffee. It could be a system to wash up. It could be a system. And once, and he, he writes about McDonald's, so love them or hate them. They have a turnkey system where you walk in, you everything is sorted so yep. that everything comes out the same every single time. Mm-hmm. And that's a really great book. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is by a guy called Seth Godin, who's wrote loads of books. But um, one of his best ones is called Purple Cow. And that's how to be a purple cow in a field of black and white cows. Right. So always to be different. You mm-hmm. can't follow. You can look at people. You can borrow ideas. Yeah. But you... you there's no good being like somebody else. You've got to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, which I came upon um, within the last couple of years, is called Profit First, and I can't remember the author. But it's basically putting 10% of your turnover or a percentage of your turnover aside every month so that at the end of the year, and you forget about it, you put into an account that you can't reach. And at the end of the year, you've then got that money to decide whether to pay yourself, which is fairly revolutionary for mm-hmm. new businesses yeah. or whether to put it back in your business but you've got okay. that choice and um, that really revolutionised how, how I thought about things and because you can't spend it if it's not in your main account yeah. you can't spend it it's not there yeah it's, it's quite easy as a business owner sometimes to overlook months and, and almost shoulder that burden of responsibility of being the last one to be paid mm-hmm. for some people that maybe don't run a business that they would think that that never at all goes on but the oh, I've done it for yeah. 20 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know if there's not enough money in the bank you can't pay yourself yeah so you mm-hmm. can't luckily I've got a husband who buys the shopping that oh, <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. thank god <laughs> thank 
God, sometimes it has been. It's better now, but you know, when we were starting out, yeah, yeah it was. It's tricky. It is mm. tricky, and I think that's um, the good thing about. I'd encourage anybody to either join a trade organisation, which I think is fantastically supportive. Mm-hmm. Or to um, find out about local groups that get together, um, the North Links Growth Group, things like that, right. that where you can just come and chat to other people because I think it it just changes. It's a light bulb moment for entrepreneurs. Okay, we'll put um, put details of that in the uh, in the graphic of the podcast so people can get in, get in contact with that organisation and uh, hopefully learn a bit. In five years' time, then Sally, where do you see yourself <laughs> doing another well, podcast? I'm meant to be, yes, doing another podcast. <laughs> I'm, you know, in theory, I should mm-hmm. be retiring, um, yep. shouldn't I? But my mum is still going. She's still running a business at, at 83. So mm-hmm. I think I've got, a, there's a life in the old dog yet. That's reassuring to hear. And and again, focusing on yourself, but a, but a rewind this time, what would you tell your 20-year-old self if you could? So this could be about business, about life. Is there anything that you wish you'd, you'd maybe... Being, being informed of and it might have shaped you differently not not that you, you regret anything in life but sometimes you, you, you do maybe look back and think oh, I wish I'd have just known that at that point of time I think um, when you go back to your 20 year old self we were so concerned in getting a career and at the time the careers that were offered were fairly straightforward you know you did accountancy you did law you mm-hmm. did you became a nurse you did whatever um, and they were very straightforward I think there's now such a huge wealth of jobs to do out there mm-hmm. but you don't have to follow something that you're not going to be particularly interested in mm-hmm. so if you feel the urge to to do something um, and I do feel the young people feel that they can yeah which is great so just I think I would have said then do it yeah I, I was at the local college the other day and, and talking to accountancy students and the lecturer actually um few years old than me I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying and it was interesting to hear his account and my account of going into the accounting accountancy industry and the social barriers that he faced and therefore prevented him taking the career in it and then um, fast forward on 15 years from, from when I went into it, it there was still a degree of of difficulty and, and ceilings if you like but marked difference between what he was able to do and what I was able to do. And, and yeah, it's interesting you say that yeah, there's no, more There was never, there. I mean, in theory, there was a gender bias, you know, yeah. going on back then, back in my day. But actually, if you had enough gumption and mm-hmm. enough, you know, sheer bloody mindedness, mm-hmm. you could you could bust through that. And I think you still can. Yeah. I think if you've got the confidence or pretend the confidence, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of the latter, the pretend the confidence yeah. thing. It's, 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 it's backing yourself as, as much as anything mm. and, and, and proving the doubters wrong. Um, because I think anybody that's gone into running an organization or, or starting their own business has, has had to prove at least one person wrong. And that's probably themselves in, in, in certain moments. And they always yeah. say that, um, that boys or men are much easier at fake it till you make it. But actually, and girls aren't quite so good at that. So I think we've just got to say to those girls, just go for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> um, in terms of anybody going into business then, what what advice would, would you give to them? I suppose we've, we've dealt a little bit there in terms of... of believing in yourself and going for it but but anything else that you would you would encourage them to either do or consider or I think one of the things that somebody said to me and it was very difficult to do is to ask somebody to mentor you Mm -hmm. so if you do if there is somebody in business and they may not have the time but they may pass you on to somebody else but people you know now we've been in business for a long time we're we're quite happy to talk to people we're not going to 
sort out your business plan for you but we're very yeah. happy to be an ear for people mm-hmm. and I think that's it's be brave enough to ask and just say can I have half an hour of your time and would you mind me if I bought you a coffee and can we just sit down and, and have a chat because I think yeah. that's really helpful is that an area you're looking to go in, into more over time? Or, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know I you do a lot already with, we with do, various yeah, organisations. Yeah, but yeah, I think um, yes, I mm-hmm. think it would. It is something that um, I can do when I'm supposedly retired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I've got a lot. Of, uh, there's a lot in there, isn't there? Over thirty mm-hmm. years, you just you've you've taken it in by osmosis, mm-hmm. haven't you? Absolutely. So there's a yeah. lot of, of help you, that you can mm-hmm. give, or just a little nudge, or whatever people need. Okay, um, back to the the dry stuff, the boring stuff, and you've seen enough changes of government uh, in in your time. <laughs> what would you change about the tax system as it stands, and why? Oh, just make it simpler. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if we could just, yeah, it just needs to be simplified. I understand that the you know the the tax code is is thousands of pages long, mm-hmm. and how anyone can ever do it. I think you've just got a really simple system where everybody has to pay in this country yeah. then for everything that they earn or everything that they buy or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you just you know the big people with the big accountants just can't get away with it yeah because that's just so unfair yeah to stop the cat and mouse and, and just have stop a simple the cat straightforward and mouse, yeah. simple straightforward mm-hmm. but i'm not sure any government's going to be brave enough to do it the hardest thing yeah. is making uh-huh. things simpler it is. It's very yeah. easy to mm-hmm. make things more complicated, yeah, but it's absolutely. very difficult to make them simpler. Yeah, a ground up, a ground up review. Ground would, up. Uh, and it needs a 10-year plan cross-government. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's never yeah. going to happen. We can, we can live in hope. And uh, your, your final, your final uh, question, um, what is your favourite quote or phrase, um, if at all you have one? I think it's going back to the work on, not work in, and mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to do. And yeah. I've really struggled mm-hmm. over the years to do it, but every time you do take time to get out of your business and have a look at it, it's so much better. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Sally. That's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, look forward to you coming on future podcasts if you're available and you can <laughs> fit me available in. Available to yeah, talk. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's, <laughs> thank a good, you. that's a goodbye from me, Mark. And goodbye from Sally. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye.